Hi, we're Josh and Arielle Wamsley, owners of Green Valley Tree LLC, based in North Wyndham. We're proud to sponsor Connecticut East this week and to serve the communities of Wyndham and New London counties with our tree removal and plant health care services. Visit our website at greenvalleytreeworks.com for a full list of our services or give us a call on 860-234-4041. We look forward to hearing from you. They're celebrating 75 years of service to the region's military personnel. We talk to the non-profit Easter Seals about their organization. And we get a first chat with the new commissioner for the Connecticut Department of Veterans Affairs. Plus, we take a look at other stories making the headlines from around the region. This is Connecticut East This Week. Hello, I'm Brian Scott-Smith. Memorial Day is fast approaching when we remember those past and present in our military services, especially our veterans. And for 75 years, the non-profit Easter Seals has been providing services and resources to our region's military personnel and their families. I visited their Rally Point Centre in Norwich and sat down with Ron Welch, who oversees the centre, to find out more and to talk to him about his new job as the new commissioner for the Connecticut Department of Veterans Affairs. So joining us on the podcast is Ron Welch. Ron, ever so many thanks for inviting us to the Rally Point here at the Easter Seals Capital Region and Eastern Connecticut in Norwich. 75 years for this particular organisation. You've been here for a while. Tell us a little bit about it because probably still a lot of people may not have heard about Easter Seals. Sure. So Easter Seals Capital Region and Eastern Connecticut, as you said, Brian will celebrate its 75th anniversary on the 29th of July, 2023. What a lot of people don't realize or may not realize is that Easter Seals, the entire 75 years that it's been around, has been providing some services to veterans and families. So tell us a little bit about, you know, some of the things that it does, because there's a lot of stuff that's a lot of programs. So just give us a bit of a flavor, because it's important stuff that you provide, obviously, to the veterans of this state. Sure. So our program here at Veterans Rally Point, we received a grant from the state of Connecticut in 2018 to build out this facility in Norwich. It's 60,000 square feet, and we built out 18,000 square feet with the uh, money provided from the grant. The vision of the leadership at the time was to have a one-stop shop, a center of excellence. So underneath this roof, we've tucked in as many services and programs as we possibly can to take care of those that are in the active military, the National Guard, the reserves of all components, veterans and families. Because one of the things that many people may not be aware of, but Eastern Connecticut sort of has the highest amount of veterans in the state of Connecticut, doesn't it? It does. Uh, approximately 11% in the eastern part are veterans. So talk to us a little bit about, as we said, some of the programs that you know are available here. Because like we said, there's a, there's a lot here. So let's just touch upon career development services, which is not something which civilians would, would think about. But of course, you know, if you leave the military and you want to start in a new career, what your skills are. And so talk to us about what the career development service part provides. So, Brian, great question. And as you indicated, you know, a lot of people struggle when they transition out of the military. When you're in the military, you have a very firm schedule, typically, unless you're on a deployment and you know what you're going to wear clothing-wise and you know what you're going to have, when you're going to have different meals and things like that and what your day looks like, typically. 
So it, it's difficult to step out of that structured environment and, and into another environment and try to understand the culture of other environments. So we have an employment center. We have eight computer stations there. Our employment specialist helps the veteran determine what, the, what kind of vocation they may want to pursue, how their military skills may translate if they choose to do that into the civilian world or private sector. So that person there will help, you know, prep the resume, job coaching. Uh, in addition to that, we're also teamed up with several employers in the area. One of them happens to be General Dynamics Electric Boat, but there are several others. Electric Boat employs a lot of veterans for good reason as well. I mean, it's sort of like they've got solid skills, but also it's a case of their background and their knowledge about things, I'm guessing, as well. It's the culture. It's almost a paramilitary culture over there. And as you said, a lot of their skills are very transferable. Got a thing called Adult Day Support as well. What's, uh, what's involved in that? Day Support Program is conducted at a couple different locations within our affiliate over here in Norwich is one of those locations, and that is a program for the less advantaged, underserved population that have disabilities. They typically live in group homes, a lot of them, and our day support staff does a tremendous job picking them up in the morning at those facilities and bringing them here for the day and engages them in activities to kind of stimulate and so they can live the best life they possibly can. A lot of people, when they think of veterans, forget that we still do have a few World War II veterans here in Connecticut. We still have veterans from the Korean War, from Vietnam. They are ageing out, but of course some of them you know, may have lost partners, etc. So it's a loneliness thing, isn't it? And it's to make sure our guests feel that they still have a connection with someone. Absolutely. So, And, and just put a little bit more clarity... What I talked about in terms of day support, that's the other part of Easter Seals. Our part with that veteran population you just addressed, the worst thing in the world is social isolation. So yes, some of our oldest members are, they're in their 90s. There was one veteran that was a World War II vet. We haven't seen him recently, but we do have two Korean combat veterans that are here every day. One of them's out right now in front of a TV, watching TV and, and engaging socially with the crew that's here. The other has a full-time job detailing vehicles, and he comes up here every day to work out. Which is amazing. And, and like we said, I mean, it's so essential as well because people want to stay active. They want to feel connected to something. And the one thing that I've garnered over the years interviewing military people and not being military myself, but it's a family. And when they step out of the military it's almost like losing that family. So it, they do like to reconnect in some way, don't they? Absolutely. And the great thing about our program is we have veterans from all services. So we have some of that cross-fertilization, and there's a lot of kind of bantering and joking back and forth with, hey, tonight at a peer meetup we have 35. How many of you are Navy and how many of you are Army? And, oh, we have a couple of Marines in the audience also, and there's, there's one or two Coast Guard folks and, and maybe somebody from the Air Force. So... Talk to us a little bit more about this beautiful centre as well, because it's it's beautifully located. I mean, it is gorgeous. I'm just looking around. I mean, it's so super modern, and there's lots of facilities here. Just talk to us a little bit about this facility, and also, you know, the fact that you look after it, uh, along with a team of people as well. So starting on the outside of the building, we had uh, a lot of the outside refinished, and we put a beautiful flag cord in. We have space for 1,400 bricks to be engraved. 
and we have service flags representing each one of the services plus our U.S. flag and POWMIA flag. So as you walk through the front door and you take a left and go down to the end of the hall, we have a yoga and meditation studio. We use that typically on Wednesday evening after our peer meetup. Right next to that, we have that uh, large employment center that we talked about before with the eight computers. We have a conference room next to that. When you come down to the other end of the hall, the area that we're in now is part of our primary staff that do individual peer-to-peer and some other things. But most importantly, in this end, we call this behavioral health suite. We have an Easter Seals therapist who does a tremendous job. He's got a background working with vets and families. Um, He can uh, deal with PTSD, depression, anxiety, and family issues. We also have from the vet center close by, one of their therapists comes over here one day a week, and we teamed with an organization to do remote therapy. So we have that available. But it's very important to make sure behavioral health-wise, you've heard about the number of veteran and service member suicides you know, throughout the country that's plagued us for several years. So we're doing everything we can to help in that area and help prevent those suicides. I'm guessing, of course, as well, that when COVID came along, that created its own challenges for you as well. Just talk to us about that because things, I'm guessing, had to shut down for a while. Right. So we never shut down. We did the social distancing. We did the masking. We even met outside with our membership, especially when we were doing those peer meetups. We just took everything outside. And again, they needed that social connection. Some will argue that, you know, the behavioral health really intensified the need for behavioral health and therapy as much as 15%. And then when things didn't go well with our withdrawal from Afghanistan, some will argue that the numbers increased by about 25%. So we continued to march throughout COVID. We had many challenges. We had a homeless veteran reintegration team that was out there doing the best they could. We ended up getting 25,000 meals from an organization we partnered with in Massachusetts, non-perishable. So we pushed those out to those in need. We also got 4,000 winter coats from another organization out of state that was teamed with Ocean State Job Lot. So we made sure that we got those 4,000 coats out to our veterans in need. Just tell us as well, because it's called Rally Point, and it's called Rally Point for a reason, because it's a military term, isn't it? Absolutely. When you're out there dismounted, and you're walking in a patrol, you raise your arm above your your head and you make a circle and you point down to the ground. And if your unit continues to move along and you you have direct contact with the enemy or you have indirect from our mortar artillery, it's always the last place that you designated on the ground that you're going to fall back to. So those that are us that are you know, have been on the ground before, we know what that symbol means. It's, it's pulling everybody back in, pulling everybody together. Almost like a safe space. Exactly. Talk to us about these peer meetings as well, because you have like coffee days and all that sort of stuff, which, again, just helps to, I guess, you know, bring people in, get the talking going, make sure everyone's okay. I guess that's an opportunity as well for your team. Maybe do a bit of a headcount, just check on people as well. Yes. So two days a month, the first and third Tuesday of each month, we host an organization called TVCCA, and they have a veterans coffee house. We host it here. It starts at 9 and it wraps up around noontime. And that's, you know, 25, 30 me- uh, members come in and exactly they chat. And sometimes guest speakers will come in and, and share their experiences and bring everybody up to speed on what's going on out there. In addition to that, we have our peer meetups, which have been really the backbone of what we're all about. And we do those every Wednesday night. 
The smallest group we've had, probably 20. The largest group we've had, 45. We typically invite speakers in, but we also let our membership tell their story. And sometimes we'll just go around the room and, you know, how are you doing today? And what did you? Do, what are your plans for summer vacation? And what are you going to do around the holidays? And you know, are you having a good day? It, it's not really a therapy session, but it gives our members an opportunity to open up and, and share what's going on. I guess that can get pretty emotional at times. It really can. The last one, I just did, showed a lot of photos and talked about some experiences on the ground in Afghanistan for a year. I shared that and I talked about the terrain and the culture and many of the challenges of language barriers and some of the positive things that have happened that we haven't heard about. You know, when the U.S. and coalition forces got on the ground, they did extend the life expectancy within Afghanistan, I've heard, up to 10 years, which is tremendous. And at the time, many schools were being built and a lot of the children were being educated, especially the female children were having an opportunity paving of roads. You know, when the U.S. first got on the ground, about 50 miles of roads were paved. That's it. Now there's a road that basically goes around the outer perimeter of Afghanistan that's all paved. Uh, Access to clean water, huge. Um, The U.S. and coalition forces punched in a bunch of wells. Power generation, there was no electricity in many areas. So power generation became a big thing. So, you know, I I highlighted some of those things and, you know, talked about what the average uh, soldier's experiences are like on the ground. Other things we've done at the peer meetup, we've had nutrition classes. And one of our teammates, Lori, she brought in, you know, she did a class salad in a jar. Another one of our members is into NASCAR. He's a prior service Navy veteran, and he brought in a bunch of models, and he talked about what it's like to drive a car in a race. So very interesting topics. Yeah, good cross-section there, isn't there? I also wanted to like touch on with you before we talk a little bit more about you. This year, 2023, is the 50th anniversary of the U.S. stepping out of the Vietnam conflict. What sort of things have you got lined up or what things have happened? Because as we all know, Vietnam veterans were ignored when they came back those many years ago. Now they are recognised Every year, March 29th, is Vietnam War Veterans Day. Talk to us a little bit about that, what that means. To me, and I've spoke about this topic a couple times, uh, most recently we did a recognition day last Saturday right here in this facility. We wanted to welcome home our Vietnam veterans. I was a young person. I was 15 when the last troops and POWs were being released and the last combat troops were leaving Vietnam in 1975. I really wanted to go into the military my entire life. That group, I don't believe they were, their service was acknowledged appropriately. They weren't welcomed home the way they should have been welcomed home. So every opportunity we have, we do that. They were my heroes, and they still are. A lot of the cadre, when I first went into the active army, I was on a path to be an army airborne ranger, and there's several different schools and gates that you have to get through to get to a unit. And that cadre and basic training and advanced individual training and jump school to be a parachutist and ranger school. They were primarily Vietnam veterans. And the cadre in the unit that I served with, the 2nd and 75th, the first unit I served with, a lot of them, a lot of the leaders were Vietnam veterans. Uh, They didn't pamper us. They trained us um, very, very firmly, and they held us accountable. And I 
can never thank them enough because that enabled um, those of us that had that experience to survive in the austere combat environment of Afghanistan. I remember the lessons that I learned from those Vietnam veterans. And it's taken far too long for them to be acknowledged. But now, of course, you know, that is being turned around. And and as you've been alluding to, as you've been talking, you yourself are a veteran from Afghanistan. Uh, You are highly decorated. Just recently, probably one of the biggest honours, I suppose, that could be given to a gentleman like yourself came from the governor. Tell us exactly what that was. Well, I was extremely honoured and it's a real privilege to be able to serve as the future commissioner of Department of Veterans Affairs for Connecticut. Which is huge. It's huge. You know, there's a couple hundred thousand veterans in Connecticut. As you said, the big population is out here in the east. But I have to think about all the services, all the tremendous service and sacrifice they've made and their families have made over time and make sure that they're taken care of appropriately. What does it mean to you to be recognized in this way? Because this is, as we say, this is a huge deal, you know, to become a commissioner, certainly for the Department of Veterans Affairs is no small thing, obviously nominated by the governor of the state. What does it mean to you? And what are some of the things, have you even had time to process it and think about, you know, some of the things that maybe you want to do as the next commissioner? Another great question. First off, you know, I served in the military for nearly 40 years in both peace and war. And starting out in the trenches as a private and to be able to rise to the rank of Brigadier General a few years before I retired, struggling myself when I left, you know, a real transition for a year to try to find something that was a fit. I wanted to continue to serve in some capacity. I had at the time applied to work for the federal VA and I applied to work for the state was really interested more in a middle management type position at that time. I wanted to help somebody else be really successful, be the number three or four person, right, and help them along. So, you know, I I was very fortunate to be hired by Easter Seals Capital Region and put into this program that was starting Veterans Rally Point. A lot of excitement about that. And I, I look at it now and reflect back, and it was really established a great foundation We have a presence at Rocky Hill now at Connecticut Department of Veterans Affairs. We have some housing, six houses over there. We signed a lease with the current commissioner. So I have a little bit of knowledge about, you know, what's going on over at Rocky Hill. So I look at this as, uh, you know, a logical step. Overwhelmed at the outpouring, I've received phone calls and text messages and messages on LinkedIn and Facebook. And it just really is an, an absolute honor. And that's what I told the governor when he, you know, during the interview, first off, that I wasn't forgotten. I really appreciated that fact that I had not been forgotten. I was considered, I knew it would be a highly competitive process. There were many other qualified people out there. And for him to make that decision to select me, I'm I'm grateful. As we say, uh, you will be taking over that position. That will become a full-time role for you. So what does that mean, obviously, for Easter seals because they sadly will have to to lose your services. Well, we tried to apply that military model and we established a solid standard operating procedure. It's published and we have weekly team meetings. We host or participate in about 30 events a year. So everybody on the team is on the same sheet of music. And we have some very competent, a couple very competent people. I don't think we're going to skip a beat. And I will still stay connected when time permits. I want this 
organization to continue to thrive. We had a partnership before, and we want to continue that partnership. Final question to you, and it's a very simple one. What message do you have to the veterans out there as their new commissioner? You're not alone. You know, there are many obstacles and things that we struggle through in life. We honor and respect your service and the service and sacrifice of your families. So reach out and connect with us over there at Connected Department of Veterans Affairs. Reach out to Veterans Rally Point. And there's many other organizations that are out there that they want to help you live the best life you can. Well, retired U.S. Army Brigadier General Ronald P. Welch, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Congratulations as you become our new Commissioner of Veterans Affairs. Brian, thank you very much for the opportunity to talk. And for more details about the services and resources available at the Rally Point Centre, visit their website, veteransrallypoint.com. And if you're a veteran in need of assistance from the Veterans Affairs Department here in the state, visit their website at ct.gov forward slash DVA. love cookies, so you are going to love the ARC's Golden Chip Giveaway. Find the Golden Chip and select the bags of the ARC Eastern Connecticut's Classic Crunch Chocolate Chip Cookies and win a free platter of cookies. Visit the ArcECT.com to find a cookie retailer near you and how eating our cookies support jobs for people with disabilities. Visit our cookie factory at 22 Route 171 in Woodstock, Connecticut. Golden Chips may be hiding in bags there too. Get buying, start winning. It's mulch season, so come and visit Green Valley Tree LLC. We have a variety of colors for all your landscaping needs. Buy as much or as little as you want. Pick it up or we can deliver to your door. Call Green Valley Tree LLC for all your mulch, plant health care, and tree service needs at 860-234-4041. We are family owned and fully licensed. Is it time to earn your high school diploma and build a brighter future? EastCon's adult education programs can help. With EastCon's free NEDP program, there are no tests, and you can work at your own pace. You can even earn your diploma in as little as 6 to 12 months. An EastCon advisor will help you succeed from registration to graduation. Scheduling and locations are flexible. The program is free. Registration is open now. Go to eastcon.org and click on adult and community programs and build your brighter future today. Time now for a look at other stories making the headlines this week, sponsored by... For over 35 years, Eastern Connecticut Hematology and Oncology, or ECHO, has served as the leading independent cancer care provider in Eastern Connecticut. We believe cancer care belongs in your community, giving you higher quality at a lower cost, a team that treats you as a person, not a number, access to the latest clinical trials, and all the services you need in one convenient location. To learn more, visit echoassociates.org. Chief Brian Wright of New London Police led a ceremony recently honouring heroes who helped to save lives during the Gold Star Memorial Bridge fire of April 21st. Lieutenant Cornelius Rogers of the New London Police Department and Brandon Bilo, a civilian, as well as one other person who has asked to remain anonymous, helped to pull passengers from a disabled vehicle on the bridge as a firestorm raged around them from a heating oil truck that had burst into flames. Rogers said this was the first time he'd seen Bilo again since that fateful day. It's nice to see him at a very more of a calm, stable event. Without him, 
and others, I wouldn't be able to do what we did, and I'm forever thankful for him. When I took this oath to be a police officer, that was on and off duty. I've always wanted to be a police officer because I always wanted to help. So this is something I believe is probably ingrained in me, but others can do the same as I have. And Bilo commended Rogers for his act of heroism and said it's in all of us to do the same. Just honestly have to say, Tenor Rogers, he was the real hero. On and off duty puts his life on the line every day, and people need to realize, put down the cell phones because they could have done. Direct traffic or help. Like Chief said, we are our brother's keepers, and us as Americans, doesn't matter if you're white, purple, black, whatever. In the time of crisis, we need to band together. Wright also led a moment of silence at the ceremony in recognition of the loss of life of the truck driver, Wallace Fouquet, whose heating oil truck flipped over while trying to avoid the disabled vehicle. The auto testing division of Consumer Reports, based in Colchester, has unveiled a new $1 million test track for vehicles that have Advanced Driver Assistance Systems, or ADAS. The 1.5-mile course emulates real roads with on- and off-ramps, curves and hills to test whether cars equipped with ADAS technology really can deal with real-life driving situations like lane drifting or pedestrians walking in front of a car. Marta Talado is the president and CEO of Consumer Reports and says people need to understand these cars are not autonomous. There's a lot of marketing going on there, but these cars are not self-driving yet. The future may see that, and we need to be ready for it. And that's where this new lope is really going to help us adapt and not only test but shape the safety of those cars when they do come in the market. Because we have to get ahead of the technology, not just trail behind it. Governor Lamont attended the track opening and praised the organisation for its continuing work to make cars safer, but also made the point that drivers still have responsibilities as well. Making sure that you have a vehicle that's safe, but it's only as safe as the driver behind the wheel. And I urge friends and coaches and peers, reach out and you see something that's unsafe, so unsafe at any speed, I want you to stand up and say, don't do that right now. Put that phone away. You shouldn't be driving. You've got that beer in your hand or you had three beers a few minutes ago. According to the National Transportation Safety Board, NTSB, every day in the U.S. there are 115 road-related deaths involving people inside and outside of vehicles, which the organisation says has become a public health crisis. Consumer Reports has been testing vehicles in Connecticut since 1936 and has become one of the benchmarks people turn to when buying a new or used car, as well as being advocates for changes in the law when it comes to car manufacturing. And the town of Mystic has been named the fourth best place to have a summer vacation in the US this year. The accolades came from the newspaper USA Today as part of its Reader's Choice 2023 awards. Heather Summers is a state senator for the 18th district that covers Mystic and says she's very proud of the town's achievement and what it means for the rest of the state as well. People coming to the state for Mystic, we want to be able to have them enjoy their time here, but also showcase some of the other things that Connecticut has to offer. You know, they say, when you do well, we do well, and that's absolutely the case here in the state of Connecticut. So as you know, tourism has this amazing potential, not only for the coffers of the state of Connecticut, but to create jobs, it boosts the economy, you are helping the standard of living for people that live here and come to visit our wonderful community. State Comptroller Sean Scanlon praised the town on its success as he began his tour around the state, highlighting local small businesses. 
if you live outside of Connecticut, come here as a vacation destination because this is not the fourth best. This is the best place for you to go. But if you live in Connecticut, don't wait to go on vacation because you can go on a vacation any weekend of this entire summer here in Mystic where you have amazing destinations when it comes to recreation, restaurants, small businesses, shops, you name it. It's here for you. And it's just a short car ride away for anybody in the state of Connecticut. Connecticut was the only New England state to make it into the top 10 of the USA Today poll, beating New York State into ninth place. The number one location was Mackinac Island in Michigan. That's all from us for this edition. Do send us your questions and story ideas to the show via our website at Connecticut-East.com or Facebook or Twitter at Connecticut East and on Instagram at Connecticut East This Week. And you can listen to the show again on our social platforms on demand and by asking your smart speaker to play Connecticut East This Week podcast. And please like, follow and share on your social media too. I'm Brian Scott Smith. Thank you for listening. <laughs>